WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 125, all about Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, part one, being the 125th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today joining me for this, oh boy, what an episode, is Bayana and Delia of Black Girls Create. Delia was on for a Hobbit chapter. And Bayana, you haven't been on since before I even finished Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so this oh is, my gosh. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining me for this. This is uh, something that you guys actually requested several months ago. And I was like, <laughs> sure I will did. have them on. So... <laughs> Thank you for joining me. <laughs> uh, of course. I'm glad. I'm I'm happy that to talk about it finally. <laughs> you have to you have to talk about your trauma. That's the only way you can heal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is so true. Um it's uh, listeners today. If you can't tell by the title of the episode today, we will be discussing, and possibly next week, this might be a two-parter episode. Um we are discussing disgusting. Well also mm-hmm. that okay. makes sense. Both. Um we are discussing Ralph. I believe it's, I, I think it's Bakshi, but I've been saying Bakshi. Oh. So I'm going to try and correct myself. Um, but we are discussing Ralph Bakshi's 1978 version of Lord of the Rings. I'm so excited. <laughs> what a trip. Um, I'm sure in previous episodes, you guys have talked about your introduction to Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. But what was your when did you guys first watch this film in particular? And like, what what was the context? What were the thoughts around that experience? For me, I honestly don't remember when probably in high school sometime. I just remember distinctly, you know, pay for things and don't watch things illegally kids wink wink but i just remember it was just a. oh really- yeah i will say listeners i will leave links in the episode descriptions of where you can watch these films i'm not actually i'm not saying that there is a link in the episode description for where you can find it for um for jack sparrow yeah. you know <laughs> price range <laughs> And I'm not telling you to click on that link and watch it, but I am saying, you know, you may want to take a gander if you are interested, but you don't want to rent it anywhere. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That is, um, that's the energy that this movie deserves. No offense to Ralph yeah. Bakshi and his years of hard work, but um, oh yikes. Gosh. Um, but yeah, no, I just was, I don't know why. I just remember, I do this. I just go down rabbit holes. And I remember in high school, it was just late at night one night. I just was looking for Lord of the Rings stuff. And like the whole thing at, at the time was on YouTube for free. And I was like, what the heck is this? I had never heard about it. Except I do remember my dad telling me like, oh yeah, there used to be like an animated version. The way he said it could not have prepared me for the fever yeah. dream of <laughs> night I was about to have. <laughs> like I watched the whole thing, like, Clearly, it becomes clear. We'll get into it. It becomes clear quite quickly. Like, oh, this is not good. But you just yeah. keep watching because it's like a car wreck. And so that was my how I experienced it, which I think is the 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 best way to experience it. Just like a suddenly you're launched into this fever dream. You don't know what happened. You finished it, and you're like, what was that? And it wasn't until like years and years later that I realized like this is like a thing like in the Tolkien fandom like people know I thought I would just stumbled onto I don't even know what you were the first person <laughs> yeah, to ever like, watch it yeah what is this? <laughs> um I actually watched it this year I don't remember exactly like 
how long ago it was because I don't know time in the past anymore. But um, same, it yeah. was fairly. It was like some months ago, and we watched it in um, our community with Black Girls Create, and it it was like they had, like Delia and a few of other people had been like talking about it like so much that it was like, oh, why don't we just watch it? And so. <laughs> We did, and it was you had thoughts and... quite an experience. <laughs> I burst into tears at one point. I mean, there were like tears oh of laughter, god. but I was it was like real like oh my god tears at one point because I was one of the ones advocating like you all need to see this, and then I didn't even show up to watch it. I was like, <laughs> oh so my god, <laughs> amazing energy, uh, like appropriate yeah. energy yeah. for this film too. Yeah, truly. Yeah, I would recommend it to people but i likely y'all are better than um, i i if it weren't for the fact that i was doing this podcast i would i would not have finished the movie and i certainly wouldn't have watched it a second time (laughs) so like covering covering the hobbit movies i'm always i'm like am i gonna ever rewatch these i might you know this is one thing I will not rewatch unless someone is like, I've never seen it. Let's play a drinking game together with it. Then then maybe, maybe I'll do that. But, but I'm not going to watch this alone ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. So first I want to get into some of like the, the background and history of this film. Mm -hmm. Huge, huge shout out to on YouTube folding ideas. I've seen that. It's so good. Yes. He, I watched it this morning. It's called An Exhaustive History of Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. I highly recommend it. Um, it's an hour long. Ditto. So, you know, Watch it's not it. like it's a, so you know, off the cuff, you know, five minute YouTube video. It's very well written and planned out. And he goes into this whole history of like the background information about what it was like when Lord of the Rings was published in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and when it became to be popular and the uh the scope of like animated films at the time that uh Bakshi was getting into animation and his previous animated films which are unhinged they are unhinged (laughs) they are uh, I don't even know how to describe it and like it seems that there was a lot of controversy I was about to say controversial is a good word (laughs) yeah in, in terms of like the reception because he was sharing um like there were some uh a lot of his films have very are they're very like overly sexual let's just put it this way if you weren't like a white person let's say you were not poor a white man i should say if you weren't a straight white man you were not portrayed in these films in a positive light um Mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of people being like no it portrays like queer people or women or black people in a positive way and then other groups are saying no it does not so yeah unhinged wild it was like his intent it was like he comes from like doing like urban satire right like the idea was like yeah like anti-mafia anti-cop was the intent but in doing so uses like racial caricatures and Mm -hmm. like brutalizes queer people so like it's a mixed bag i don't have an opinion oh, yeah. and i'm nef- never gonna watch them for sure oh, yeah. but i would not background. recommend watching those movies yeah so that's the background that we're coming from which is the total opposite because he was really it seems like trying to prove that hey animation can be for adults because mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. it was just it was disney it was walt disney and he had died 
you know, only, you know, five or, you know, however many years ago at the Mm -hmm. time that Bakshi started getting into animation. And so uh, it's the total opposite of Rankin and Bass, who did like children's holiday films for TV with Frosty the Snowman Mm -hmm. and Santa Claus. (laughs) And then this guy comes in. Um, It is... Most likely that he was hopped up on cocaine. The that is what time. they say. Oh, and in that. interviews, he like admits like he that he was wilding out here, which you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was the seventies, exactly. And given this product, I was going to say you can, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, we we been new. <laughs> you were not hiding that from anyone, Ralph. No. And um, and then there was also lots of back and forth between like the studio that he mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, someone trying to sign on to get this movie made. There was so the studio. I may have this incorrect. So again, seriously, go watch this uh, exhaustive history of Lord of the Rings. It's awesome. I will link that in the episode description. But there was originally a script being worked on for Lord of the Rings. Um, right. by John Borman. <laughs> I'd forgotten that part. Oh my gosh, go ahead. Let me read you a few <laughs> highlights from this script. It included a Galadriel Frodo sex scene. Boromir oh. and Aragorn kiss each other with the blood of Arwen on their lips. And uh, the history of the ring is told through a rock opera at the Council of Elrond. Now, what? <laughs> I'm not saying I would prefer that version over Ralph Bakshi's, but <gasps> no, actually, I am saying that. I am saying Aww. that. I would love to see this original script be brought to fruition. Anyway, so Bakshi comes in the picture and they basically sign him on so that they could throw out this old script. I wish they hadn't. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I very much feel like it's not better. It couldn't be, but well, it's not worse. Exactly. I, yeah, I, I don't like, think it's I'm worse. Like, could it be worse? I don't. Is know. it an accurate <laughs> portrayal from the book? No. Um, <laughs> is it possibly more entertaining? I'd say so. I don't, yeah. See, that's the problem yeah. with this movie, right? And we'll get into it later. But like, for all of the for all the things we'll talk about, it's ultimately as far as the story. When you take away all the the psychotic whatever you want to call the rest of it it's boring it is yeah Mm -hmm. it very much is assuming that the person watching the film has read the books and is able to fill in these gaps where they are not showing the story and so they're just like adapting whatever is written in the book just for the sake of like hey see we did adapt this rather than like telling a cohesive story with plot lines that pull us in um and characters that we feel connected to mm-hmm. and none of that is here at all <laughs> most notably is the animation uh, i should say st- styles plural yes. yeah i was gonna say <laughs> there it, there's a lot going there's at least three different Mm-hmm. Things happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I so I am not a animation expert by any means. Uh so I'm probably going to the the version that I'm gonna explain this is probably like even the most dumbed downed version that you'll possibly hear. But um the whole film was he used rotoscope, which is mm-hmm. when you film live action and then basically animate over it. And this is done in order, it's way more cost effective. And so you can kind of tell about like, I would say maybe after like Boromir's death, you can tell they were like, oh, we're running out of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think there are are definitely certain parts that um, were not more 
fully animated than, you know, animated over top of the live action and other ones were more fully animated. In particular, you know, the the orcs and yeah, I would say. Yeah, the, the monsters and, the, and stuff. Give them uh, some fangs and some red eyes. Yeah. Boom, the, we're uh, the Riders of Rohan as well. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I it was so distressing. What a trip. What a trip. <laughs> Especially when they like went to A, they like were like an Aomer, but he looks like every other. Oh, yeah, they all look the same. They were like, like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Doesn't yeah, matter. We're I'm out like, of money. We're out of money. <laughs> yeah, and so this. Oh, I will say though, the only thing that was not rotoscoped was Treebeard because mm-hmm. obviously they didn't Oof. have the means to create some real life reference for a walking talking tree so that was the fully animated part but everything else was based on live action of some sort i wish they would have kept that energy for the balrog but okay i know i know please that's actually where i cried (laughs) (laughs) not gonna lie i burst i i like could not take it anymore at that point oh my god i um i'll maybe try and insert a couple audio clips here, but I have been recording my reactions to my first reactions to watching these animated films and listeners, Beautiful. those will go up on Patreon. Haha, <laughs> Patreon plug. Go to patreon.com slash talking about pod. And it's kind of like a poor man's commentary because I know that to be an official commentary, I should use headphones so that the microphone is only picking up, you know, my voice, mm-hmm. but you can still mm-hmm. hear the movie in the background. I'm not sure if that's technically legal, but it's fine, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I have recordings of all all of my reactions and maybe I'll try and insert them every now and then but like just just what a I did not expect this at all because I was like oh is it just like badly because it's a two hour 13 minute movie trying to be all of Lord of the Rings is the reason people say it's does it have this reputation just because it's trying to cram all that in and the story is badly told or anything did not expect this like inconsistent and like I was also it was like kind of making me nauseous at some points like all of yeah. the different oh, interesting mm-hmm. animations and and like flashing and it's back like and really forth. Yeah, and especially in like the battle scenes, it just kind of oh like God, there's yeah. a lot of lights, and like it just kind of it just looks it looks crazy. Yeah, it just looks <laughs> crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, is that like at the time, this was very this was like ahead of its time, and it was mm-hmm. you know like he was doing things that not a lot of people were doing or had done previously at the time that this came out this was actually the longest animated film to be made so this was like a really big deal when it came out and mm-hmm. i was really surprised when i was doing all this research to hear that this actually had a lot of positive reception mm-hmm. um and there there were definitely people who were confused like wait this wasn't the full story of lord of the rings what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> but aside from that it had generally positive reception and i was like really did we did we all watch the same movie <laughs> were you guys yeah. not also terrified <laughs> I think it's interesting because, like, it just goes to show that, like, innovation doesn't necessarily always get it right the first time, right? Right, yeah. Like, it is innovative, what he did and what he envisioned. It's a mess, but, like, nobody else was doing that to that level. Like, there were these different tricks in filmmaking and animation, but nobody was using them to the scope and all together like he was. And in the full, I remember in the Folding Ideas um, documentary, like, he talks about that, basically saying, like, you know, I mean, that's not so different than how we make movies today. 
you know, mm. it's just better now and like works better now. Yeah. And I think it it is interesting that it was so well received. Like I remember specifically when I watched it in high school, because again, my dad had mentioned that there was an animated one, like nothing, not really given me much information. And then once I finally watched it, I remember the next morning, because I'd watched it late at night, I went up to my dad and was like, dad, what the heck? Why, why didn't you hear me? Like, you, why didn't you say it was so bad? And he's like, I don't remember. It was the seventies. I also was I like he just was like, <laughs> you know, I don't like know. maybe the reason it has such positive reception is because everyone who went into the theater right. you know, was high. It was the <laughs> time. Like they're like, Man, this is and you know, maybe it is, maybe it plays better. I wouldn't know, but yeah. like, you know. Maybe. I don't know. I think it would be more terrifying if I mean, maybe high. maybe a drinking game would help us understand. Yes, a drinking game. <laughs> we Let me... might get to the point where we're like, oh no, yeah, I see, I see it drinking now. Drinking <laughs> game, Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings. Let's see. Okay, yes, Reddit, of course, already. <laughs> ha- you know, God bless Reddit. Let's see. Take a shot when Aragorn trips on his sword. Um. Oh, this only has two comments. That's not that helpful then. <laughs> mm. um, let's see. Take a drink every time a scene looks like something right out of a live action Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> well, that was technically, that would have been Peter Jackson's doing. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the one thing that I did notice, especially like, because I like rewatched it last night for this. But when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, okay. There are clearly some like, they clearly watched this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And took and took what they could. Yeah, <laughs> they, like it was interesting because I was like, I don't know, I don't know that I would have salvaged anything from it. So the fact that they like did and like took it and like made it better was kind of cool. Yeah. So this was actually um, Peter Jackson's first introduction to Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So because of that, he Yikes. specifically paid homage to it with like I was really I was really surprised that like the Gollum here is not that far off from what they mm-hmm. how they you know mm-hmm. what they did with Gollum in his trilogy. Um, most notably, though, are the scene the scene where the hobbits are hiding under the tree from the writer. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like almost exactly the same shot. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is the scene where the Nazgul are attacking the pillows <laughs> that they think right. the yeah. hobbits are, um, which I've seen so many memes about of, you know, <laughs> from the office when Pam is like, corporate needs you to find the difference between these two pictures. And it's <laughs> a Nazgul and it's like pillow and a hobbit. <laughs> and it's like, they're, they're the, the same, same picture. picture. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Peter Jackson did. Uh, I thought that was, yeah, I also thought that was cool as well that like, he probably recognizes, you know, that at the time this was, this was huge and this was obviously mm-hmm. something that got him being like huh interesting i mean that's so <laughs> that's, like i'm I... like kudos to him for like watching this and being inspired like yeah <laughs> i just wanted to take a nap so Let's that's see. crazy Peter, well i wonder how old he was when this came out because if he was like a teenager because this came out in 1978 mm-hmm. when was he born he was born in 61 yeah so he yeah. was set he, he was, was a teenager. teenager when he saw this so i can definitely that that's crazy that you know Something you can see, something you see as a teenager and a kid is something that inspires one of the greatest trilogies of all time 20 years later. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's hard for us to imagine now, but like to people living in that time, this again would have been like something they've never seen before. Whether or not that Mm -hmm. goes over well for them is going to be up to the individual. It's just hard to imagine now because clearly like this is all very dated techniques that aren't really working. We know that now, but I'm sure there are things in our past that are similar that 
the younger generation would be like, y'all were into this? Like, y'all. Oh, um, I mean, the I mean, kids the kids on TikTok, what am I? <laughs> 40? 50? <laughs> the, the youths of TikTok um, talk about how cringy, like, Kurt is on Glee. And then there are people in my age group making videos kind of responding to that, being like, you guys don't get it at the time. That was monumental that Kurt was an openly gay character on mainstream television. And it was like a very popular show at Mm -hmm. the time. And like there were scenes of him like kissing a boy. And that was a huge deal. So, yeah, we look back on it now and we're like, I can't believe they just made this (laughs) excessively like flamboyant stereotype of a gay person and put it on tv mm-hmm. but like we it was unparalleled at the time exactly <laughs> so we'll let's jump into discussing this movie yay <laughs> y'all can't see but we are so excited the energy <laughs> in the zoom call oh my god so um, our pro, we do get a prologue just like in the uh, Peter Jackson trilogy with the history of the the rings and whatnot. This part is shot. It's like everything is sil- is like a silhouette, and there's yeah, like a red play. screen uh, in front of it. Um, the way that uh, they describe it in the folding ideas video is it looks like a community theater production, right? <laughs> yes, which, yes, absolutely, very much so. Yeah, um, and so. They're, you know, acting out the the history of the rings and they're showing Bilbo finding the ring and, you know, Gollum and Deagle and Smeagol and Gollum going crazy and all of that. And then we go into the like actual animated part of the mm-hmm. movie when we move into the Shire. And this part is beautiful and lovely. Like the, I would say like the first 30 minutes or so of this movie, I'm like, this is like I was... <laughs> It took me on a ride. Pleasantly surprised. Right. <laughs> I had a lot of emotions, but I was like, this looks this looks very pleasant. This is very, you know, I was hobbity. wondering what y'all thought like of that first bit. Because I forget, like, because you just remember the bad parts, right? But I when I was yeah. re-watching it, I was like, you know, it's set up like to be yeah. decent. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know about good, but decent. Like the animation's fine, especially for the time, like very typical. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that, you know, hand drawn look, that like mm-hmm. older look of animation, because that's that's, you know, what we grew up on and not these kids today with their computer <laughs> animations. <Generated>. And- <laughs> 3D, 3D faces. Yeah, so like that <sighs> animation doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily like look old to me. It's just very much like of a time. Stylistic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We have uh, Bilbo at his birthday party giving his speech, of course. Um, and then he disappears after putting the ring on and Gandalf goes to confront him. And it's like, now you're going to leave the ring behind for Frodo, like we discussed, right? And he's like, no. And then Gandalf is like prepared to punch Bilbo. (laughs) Instead of, you know, using it's implied in the book and Peter Jackson does this in his version where Gandalf uses like his wizard magic to be like Bilbo Baggins, blah, 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 blah. This Gandalf is like, Bilbo Baggins, why I oughta? And then like pulls his fist up. Yeah. And Bilbo like cowers back in He was going to give him the old what for, so. Yeah. <laughs> and so they leave the ring behind and pieces out. And then like many, you know, years pass and we see Frodo just chilling and Gandalf returns and get Bilbo. I mean, wait, it's his name. 
Frodo <laughs> Frodo is so happy when Gandalf returns and he like claps and like dances around and is like, oh boy, Gandalf, yeah. it's really you. And it's so there's a few other moments wholesome. like that too of the hobbits the hobbits doing something. Yeah. Where I'm like, That's just so wholesome. <laughs> so then Gandalf is like, Do you still have that ring? And you know, go through the whole rigmarole, putting it in the fire, mm. figuring out you know, this is the one ring. I will say, like, I feel like that is the first scene where, like, you're like, mm, something's not right. I think it's pretty, like, it gets memed a lot. But, like, when Gandalf throws it into the fire, Frodo's reaction, like, his, the way they animate his face is so disconcerting. Like, he's like, <gasps> well, like, his eyes get, it's just very disconcerting. Yeah. Like, there are memes about mm-hmm. it. It's very frightening. And so I think that's your first glimpse into, like, mm. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if this movie's going to be all right. <laughs> and then also the way Gandalf, like, when he is, like, talking about the ring and he's, like, pacing, it looks, like, wild. And you're just like, is Gandalf yeah. okay? Why is he doing this? And, like, Frodo's just chilling and I'm kind of confused. They all use, like, so many hand gestures. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like, in a way that if you were thinking about this in terms of, like, if you were having a normal, if you were having this conversation IRL with your old friend the wizard (laughs) um like would you be like moving around in the way that they are moving around and it reminded me of when I was in high school theater and whenever we got like assigned to like create like our own like 10 minute scene or or whatever and there were usually certain like marks that you had to hit for like the syllabus or like the uh grading rubric Mm -hmm. For this mm-hmm. activity, and it was like you have to um, for people who aren't familiar with theater or have never done theater. Blocking is what it's called. Is what like all the movements that actors do in a player or a musical. The way that like they move around the stage when they move from like um, you make the deliberate decision of like okay, and then on this line you're going to go from here to there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would be like you need to have three pieces of blocking and you know X Y Z types, and it's like over. Lee blocked if that makes sense mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like they're, they were like we're gonna throw in all this movement to make sure it's not just like two people standing there mm-hmm. right yeah to make <laughs> and the- that's what makes it look wild yeah <laughs> yeah i think that th- maybe the thought was like oh well like not really knowing how to animate quote-unquote stillness so it's like put yeah. a lot of movement yeah, so it exactly. looks animated and like this is an issue that i think if you watch like older anime um like this exists where like things will just be incredibly still for like scenes on end and that's also budgetary like i've watched like documentaries on like animation i'm not an animation expert just a nerd who likes documentaries but like that's an issue also with like budget when you see like things being over at least still they're like we're not we can't animate motion into here so they're just gonna sit there really still and that was like an issue in anime like back in the day or like older anime. And I assume to avoid that, that's what they were doing. But it's it's yeah. too much. Like it's, it's definitely entirely like, too the much. overacting, the like, oh my god, yes. you can't see my hands Which right is, now. It's but just so bogey. weird to like <laughs> think about the concept of, you know, animated characters overacting. Because right. it's like, right. but you drew them that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so interesting because like it's like Partly also probably the rotoscoping, like the actors were also like serving all of that. But then you think like, this isn't like, for those who aren't familiar with like animation terms, like rotoscoping like existed. It wasn't just like Ralph Bakshi, like Disney used rotoscoping. Like 
there's yeah. obviously ways to successfully do it without it being what exactly. this was. Yeah. <laughs> from, from my understanding, rotoscoping was usually just used as like a reference point to begin exactly. with. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bakshi used it as like, no, this is the whole film. <laughs> Right. We're shooting it. We're, we're shooting a live action film, but we're going to draw fangs and red eyes. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. But also, I'm going to tell people it's just for a reference. So we're not going to get the best performances nor the best costumes. So then when I don't actually do the thing and completely replace it with animation, it's going to look like Ralph Bakshi's 1978 Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Gandalf and Frodo go on a little walk and discuss what to do. And Frodo's like, oh, I know. Why don't you take it? And just like the way he, I don't know, lights up at like, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, Frodo. He's very like, Frodo is, and I know that like in the movies, they like age them, age the hobbits down. But he, like Frodo in this feels like a child most of the time in a way that just is like, a little bit different like he's very like you were saying like when he sees Gandalf and he's just like oh boy he's like very like just yeah, yeah. I don't just um, feels childish I wonder though I think that might just have been in their way of characterizing the hobbits because the rest of the hobbits have yeah. moments like that too where they're almost childlike mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and like Peter Jackson did that too where they kind of like infantilized them because like, oh, they're little. <laughs> Aren't they cute? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they definitely felt like I. it felt that way. And maybe it was the animation or maybe it was like the voices too was also the thing. And the like, voices because were. they can't really get the facial expressions together, like as opposed to like Elijah Wood did a really good job of like feel, looking haunted and like, you know, like he's carrying this burden or whatever because he's an actor as opposed to you trying to like draw this like tiny little hobbit and yeah the voice is giving child and all the drawings are also doing that yeah exactly yeah i agree i think the hobbits were given a lot more childlike wonder in this um version again how intentional that was or was whether that's like acting restrictions or performance restrictions i don't know but there were definitely moments where i'm like so they're just children maybe like that's the vibe they're giving but i will say as far as like for the most part, I think I like Frodo for as much as we can get out of this this particular movie. I feel like I like Frodo more here. This may be controversial. No, if you're going to say I think I like yeah. him more than in the in the Peter Jackson. Yeah, movies. I agree. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see that. Yeah, he does more in these ones. He's like, more he's, true to book Frodo. I feel. That's, yeah, okay, yeah. I I totally feel I the same way, and I like wasn't entirely sure how to describe it, but like. Yeah, just the way that, like, this Frodo seems a little bit more naive and clueless, kind of, as to what's mm-hmm. going on. And it's just, like, he's trying to be authoritative and, like, make decisions about the plan. But mm-hmm. he also doesn't entirely mm-hmm. know what he's doing at the same time. That feels more true to book Frodo rather than... It's not really a secret that I'm not a fan of Elijah Wood's portrayal of Frodo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Elijah Wood, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Even the writing of him in the movies, though, too, like it just—it's a lot more of him just sitting around looking haunted, or like don't like all of a sudden falling into things he shouldn't be falling into, or like mm-hmm. <laughs> just yes. like as opposed to him being like, oh no, okay, there's these black writers, it's just me, just me by myself, and the little poison's coming to my heart, but like I'm still gonna fight. Like it's just a yeah. different mm-hmm. thing. He's, he's like much more of a damsel, I guess, in the movies. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
He's a much more active protagonist in this and in the books than he is in Peter Jackson's yeah. movies. And like, I personally don't like, given the, what the writing was and how I imagined Peter Jackson directed Elijah Wood, I'm like, it's whatever. Like, I'm not here to like, yeah, step on anybody's toes here. But like, I do, when I finally read the books, I think maybe I talked about this the first time I was on your podcast, like reading Frodo for the first time, how he was like, Peter, uh, Tolkien imagined him. I was like, oh. Well, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, same. For the most part, Frodo was just like, at least like until I read the books, it was very much like, I mean, I guess he's the main character or whatever. I'm just waiting for yeah. Aragorn and like, right. Max and Gimli to show up. Right? <laughs> but he's Aren't fine, I guess. Like, <laughs> Not in this oh movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Oh my gosh. What do you mean? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so, um... Then our next character is introduced. Gandalf just plucks Sam out of a bush. I've never been a huge uh, Sam fan. Um, I know. It's, yes, I know. And it strikes me in the heart. I know it's, it's like the least popular opinion, but I don't care. Uh, this Sam. Oh, my God. Un like just unwatchable. Yeah, it's all, it's, he's very it's bumbling. And yes, I, I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> Me go and see the elves. Oh my! Oh, hooray! It's very bumbling, but also the animation. Like I couldn't pl- figure it out. Like he literally the anim- Okay, well, the whole movie, the animation is not consistent. But I feel like with Sam in particular, like there are some shots I'm like, oh, he's just kind of like a plump hobbit. But then there are other other scenes where I'm like, his face looks like he got stung by a bee. Like what yeah. is this? Like mm-hmm. not in a like. It just the he looks very goofy. He yes, just very goofy and not like the rest of the hobbits. And I Mm -hmm. don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, I had wondered like this time around, and maybe I wondered it the first time. I don't know. Um, I was like, is this to counteract the like shipping part of it? Like maybe that's what it is. They're like no, very clearly like they're separate. But then there is a moment where uh, later, oh my god, is telling that story, and they look at each other, and I was like, maybe not. It's something. Um, uh, oh, also something to note is that the, I don't know if it was Bakshi himself, but it was someone involved in the process of the movie was worried that everyone was going to be confused about Sauron and yes. Saruman. So he instructed so. them to say Aramon. I must go south now to consult with the wizard Aramon. But yeah. they do not do that every time they no. say Saruman. Um, them script rewrites really be so sometimes yeah. it's Saruman and sometimes it's Aruman and at first Aruman. I was like are they just like really like slurring that S and then I was like oh no that was a deliberate choice that they just didn't carry yeah. over to the rest of the movie um, but Gandalf is like I'm gonna go see Aruman he'll know what to do um, right, and you're like, uh, also just the pronunciations which in I general think is for certain things are, oh, um, yeah, are are fun. Like, what is it, Balin instead of Balin? Yeah, the yeah, pronunciations like, are interesting because yeah. they was, also oh, say like um, Isildur. They say Isildur like Idoros or something, or like Adoros. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. they say uh. Grima worm tongue. I've always read it as green. Yeah. Oh, Grimer. Yeah. And oh, yeah, 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 it's almost, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's spelled G R I M E R instead of. I watched it mm-hmm. with the subtitles and it was and Grimer. Like, oh, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other 
pronunciation thing is that they this has been an ongoing feud I have with Ethan Edgehill where he and I disagree on the pronunciation of Gimli's father's name. Um, I say it's Gloin and okay, right. he mm-hmm. says it's like Gloin and I oh. say it's Gloin because that's how they say it in Peter Jackson's trilogy. In yeah. this movie, they do say Gloin. But they also mispronounce, they all are not necessarily mispronounced, but every other pronunciation of every other name is buck awesome. wild. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't necessarily know if that makes that pronunciation correct as well. Anyway, um, just bring that, I just like to bring up moments where like I might be right, you know? Yeah. Um, especially when he's not here to defend himself. Love it. Let's see. Yeah. So we go to Saruman the White who was wearing a red robe. <laughs> Can somebody please explain this to me? I've I don't been, know. Like, I've never understood ah! to, the, to, to this day. And then that's when I at some point know. he calls himself okay. Saruman of many colors. And I'm like, so what is it? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. If you so give me the, the ring, truth? I'll be a Saruman of many colors. Many colors. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Shout out to you. <laughs> like, you just, all the colors. Would you rather see the Dark Lord have it? Or Saruman of many colors? Yeah, so the scene, you know, precedes how we are expecting it to go, already knowing this story. Gandalf shows yeah. up and Gandalf is like, but we need to keep the ring from Sauron. And Saruman's like, no, we don't. I'm evil. Um, yeah. And then he like takes his robe off and like rainbows. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like not not like a rainbow, like you're imagining it, but like a hazy rain, like mixture of colors, like, like shoot was- out from yeah. him. Yeah. If this is very much where I'm like, oh, I see he was on drugs. Yeah, absolutely. That was the first, that was my first, uh, like, clue in as well. At first I was like, this is weird, but, like, whatever. I don't really know what's going on. And then it was like, oh, okay. Cocaine, possibly part. some other stuff as well. <laughs> cool. For me, that's the part that makes me, like, cry laugh. I just can't. <laughs> It's just the it's in slow motion too, like the colors yeah. are like coming out like so. It slowly. gets um, and also like the background starts fading. It gets yeah. to be yeah. very like trippy seventies like psychedelic, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a little bit like spacey, you know. And so I'm like, are we bringing in sci-fi elements to this as well? A little bit. Um, <laughs> And then Gandalf is like just all of a sudden transported to the top of a tower. <laughs> He's yeah. just there. He's stuck. On the road, the hobbits, they're singing and they have like instruments and they're singing a song and dancing. It's and I cute. love that yeah. so much. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is what they were like in the book. They were just right. singing songs and dancing rather than just mm-hmm. Elijah Wood just looking dark and depressed <laughs> the whole time. Right. And so they hear some footsteps and they're like, oh, it might be Gandalf. And Frodo's like, well, then let's surprise him. So they go and hide under... Uh, the root of this tree and the the writer is just the absolute but like this is something that I think Bakshi really he was very effective at where the way this scene plays out and the writer is animated and like the vocalizations that they give Mm -hmm. him I am creeped out to the max oh my god oh no oh no oh what gremlin nightmare? Oh God! Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like not necessarily because I was like, so a lot of the movie I am creeped out to the max because it's so poorly done. But right. I think this is like he intended for us to be mm-hmm. feel really uneasy. Um, I don't know if you guys also feel that way. I feel like he is very good at, yeah, like unsettling. Like I, it's easy to make fun of like, you know, the acting and the animation decisions, but they're so creative. It's like, I don't know if it's just right to say a broken clock is right twice a day, but like mm. when you're, I don't think anybody can deny that Ralph Bakshi is like artistically very creative and yes. how effective that yeah. is, is, you know, up for debate. But when it works, you can see how that creativity really like shines because for us watching it now, maybe it seems a little less creative or like whatever, because we saw it in Peter Jackson's version, but Peter Jackson took it from there and it's very creepy in Peter Jackson's version because he lifted it directly from here where it's super effective. Um, Like I would say the noises that um, are making, they're interesting. Like I feel like, you know, with some better mixing, we really could have like taken it to that level. But, you know, it was, the you know, the sounds that they had in the 70s and also like just super impressive for being able to create this. I don't know what the word is. Ambiance like it with what they had at the time, because like around that time you have like uh, Star Wars came out and like think of like the mm-hmm. like there's like whole bits of documentaries about like how they like created the soundscape for Star mm-hmm. Wars with the limited technology they had. And like, I feel like it's as impressive like what. Bakshi was able when he put in had the money and the effort to put it in um what he was able to accomplish because like these sounds didn't exist right like he just made them up from his head yeah so the the writer is it's weird that the writer has like a gray cloak on but I'm like why not just make them all black anyway um (laughs) the writer has like oh sorry go ahead sorry I I remember something that does bug me though like uh, with these writers well while they're still like animated per se they have, I feel like they're just supposed to be dark figures, right? Like, I think we can all agree that's, like, the animation they're going for. Like, this dark yeah. figure with a cloak. But you yeah. can clearly see the outline of this, like, and, like, this actor's, like, whoever they're rotoscoping over is, like, boot. Like, it looks like a human shoe. And I don't know why, but mm. it bugs me so much because I feel like they're not meant to have shoe. Like, it's just supposed to be a dark figure. Why does yeah. it have a human shoe? <laughs> anyway, this is something that bugged me eternally until they, like, switched over to not even really being animated. Then I missed it. I know, so. yeah. Yeah, I um, I did not notice that. I I I would say, oh, I'll have to go I'll back go and back. look. No, at that. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the writer has black eyes under this like cloak. His horse is all black and has like blue eyes, and I think like that was really effective too. Of like, even the horse is evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like is like limping and like Oof. the. The way I, it really reminds me for anyone who's either played or watched playthroughs of The Last of Us, it really reminds me a lot of some of the zombies that they have in that where they're like kind of limping along and even like the mm-hmm. noises that it's making where it's just like, yeah. yeah. And I I'm like, yeah. like that. <laughs> I hate zombies. I hate zombies so much. So that's like the one part about that scene that I don't like because I'm just like, "Mm, oh yeah, no, (laughs) creepy. Please stop. Yeah, it's very scary. Very, very spoopy. I also Um, think, just sorry, real quick. I think it's also both are interesting, right? Like, I think it's impossible to not compare. Like, sorry, I keep bringing up the Peter Jackson at all, but I think it's impossible. No, that's going to be a natural comparison, of course. Um, But I think 
like while the 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 writers are very cool in Peter Jackson's, I feel like having them move in such a way I think better communicates just how mm, corrupted the the like darkness and the rings yeah. made them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so they get to the prancing pony and this is where the first like real mixture of animation styles comes yeah. out and i was very confused by mm-hmm. it um because the hobbits are still animated the way that we've seen them so mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. but like the rest of the prancing pony is um the, it looks way more realistic where it looks like they did they they took those live action shots and instead of like fully animating over them, they only like partially did it or they only did like outlines or something. Or like yeah. colored them more, yeah. Yeah. So it's very it's very like jarring for, mm-hmm. for me. Of note, however, of someone who's not animated like that is someone skulking in the corner. Gee, I wonder who that is. <laughs> um also, he has no pants on. He has no, no pants. pants. He has no pants. Where are his pants? Oh my god. Um <laughs> Oh Is my he not god. cold? Are you not cold? I just, he oh my gosh. He doesn't get cold. Um, the innkeeper is like, I forget, it, it's something with butter. <laughs> Butterbur, is that his name? The yeah, in- but when yeah, you said butter, so. my head thought Butterball, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> that could be it. That could be it, too. <laughs> so the barkeeper is like, we have hobbits here. Put on a show for us. And Frodo's like, I mean, I'm supposed to be undercover, but okay. And then gets up on the table, does the whole song and dance. Um, meanwhile, Mary has gone uh, outside for like a breath of fresh air or he something. He said a sniff of air, which I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe it's really smoky in there. Yeah. they're all yeah. Yeah, smoking pipes, I guess. I don't know. So he's gone out and there are, I think there now there are two writers. And I like how they're like slowly introducing them to us. Mm-hmm. Um, where like each time we see them, there's like a few more of them. They like again are like skulking and like creeping around uh and mary gets like knocked out or something mm-hmm. um inside frodo falls off and just disappears there's no no there's i guess he puts the ring there's not it doesn't even show it like accidentally falling onto him he just like falls off the table and then he's just invisible on yeah. his hand in his pocket <laughs> or anything like it just he mm-hmm. falls and he's just gone disappeared yeah yeah. So he and Pippin and Sam run into a room or something. And then there's a very long pan to the other side of the room. And it's Strider. Uh, like we said, he so he's wearing a tunic that goes to like, let me put it this Mid-thigh. way. If I was wearing that dress. I would feel so exposed. Uh, yeah. I would be like, that's too short. That's too short. Just like, can't bend over. The lightest of breezes. Just... And that's <laughs> yeah. it's over. <laughs> yeah. So, and his legs, real thick. Yeah. And not only is he, like, bottomless, and, you know, for us, you know, not bending over the slightest of breezes and everything's going to be on advertisement for everybody to see, he often is sitting, like, just legs splayed and whatever. Like, I know. Yeah. anything, but I'm like, this is bold. This is a bold yeah, choice. This is, that, he's confident. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, he also has on... Uh, like knee-high leather boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I the description Tolkien gives is like made of supple leather, and just the word supple, why, <laughs> just like adds a lot to it. 
<laughs> so anyway, here's Strider. Yay. You know, obviously he makes fun of them for being idiots. And then Which, uh, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then he goes to hide behind the door when the barman bursts in with Mary and it's like he was attacked outside there are riders well and then the barman says something about like you all better get out of here like you and that strider fellow or something and then he bursts out from behind the door (laughs) and I'm like this Aragorn is so dramatic and Mm -hmm. I love it (laughs) and then he whips out that like half sword and I'm just like what is this yeah which gives no explanation. No. Yeah, he says, like, I am Aragorn, son of Arathorn. He's like, I was waiting here for Gandalf. I haven't heard from him. I will escort you to Rivendell. Um, yeah, and he t- whips out that that's obviously us having watched the original, uh, I say original trilogy. <laughs> but, like, this came first. Having watched Peter Jackson's trilogy, having read the books, we know all about that sword. Right. I think it's brought up one other time like yeah because he has he also has the other part of it it's just like yeah like it's literally just like two pieces (laughs) so he like pulls it out he's like look this is my this is the other part of my sword y'all should know about it it's like are you not bleeding like did you not okay it's fine yeah but this is definitely one of those moments where it seems to be like implied of oh, well, we know that you've already read the books, Mm -hmm. so you know what all this is about. We're not going to waste time explaining it. And they don't. They keep moving. Oh, wait. Actually, no. We do have... I forgot. uh, There's the the part where they pull the the old switcheroo on the Nazgul. Right. Mm -hmm. um, And stuff their beds with pillows. You can really see their boots on display here. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) And they spend a long time attacking those beds like yeah. it's a long time mm-hmm. um and then obviously they realize they're like wait a minute they're not here and then we switch over to the hobbits like sleeping in a barn and striders they're watching over them and fro so i love that little part where it's like the beds being like brutally stabbed and destroyed by the nazgul and then it cuts to like frodo like waking up and like sleepily he like looks over at strider and like smiles and then like mm-hmm. rolls over and goes back to sleep <laughs> It's like, meanwhile, you were almost brutally murdered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so then they get moving. They start going to Weathertop. At one point, Frodo looks behind him and is like, oh, my God, they're the- like they're approaching us. And he, like, hugs Aragorn. Yes. And, like, Aragorn, yes. like, wraps his arm around. And I'm like, that's so <laughs> He's, cute like, sweet. <laughs> that's like, oh, my God. So I can't wholesome. believe they put that there. Yeah. <laughs> At night, uh, Aragorn is telling them the story of Baron and Luthien, mm-hmm. and we only hear like the tail end of it. And he he says, so he's <laughs> so he says something about like she was his like she was his undoing, but right. she but she was also his love. And then and right after that line, Frodo and say, it is the like you. everyone everyone talking about like. You know, uh, all the moments that Frodo and Sam have in Peter Jackson's trilogy and like holding hands. This moment is the single gayest moment I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. (laughs) Sam and Frodo, they look at each other and kind of like bat their eyes and like smile. And then they like Like, cuddle up against each each other. other. Yes. Yeah. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. Why are we not talking about that moment? Literally. There is no heterosexual explanation for no. that no there's no. not a single nope not at all 
Not a single oh heterosexual God. explanation. And also it's just thrown in there just so randomly you're like well, yeah it's so and they weird. don't it doesn't come back and there's not a start. single other moment like it exactly no it's so strange like i mean i welcome it it's just so out of place and so sudden because you're just you know we've explained the romp that we've been having up to this moment and so you're like oh baron and, yeah. and if you know what that is you're like oh cool but then you see you're like wait Pause. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Huh? Well, that's the other thing is that happens. And then immediately after that is when the Nazgul show up. And again, mm-hmm. it switches like animation style. So like that's mm-hmm. tra- so like that happens immediately after this Sam and Frodo moment. And I'm like, hang on, hang on. So much is <laughs> happening. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm still reeling over that. What was that look, that movement that they did? That was the gayest thing. Something LGBT just happened. So yeah, we moved past, swiftly moved past that moment, never brought up or touched upon again. Um, and the Nazgul show up and uh, they are like green now. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Not uh, limping, not like hunched over at all. They're Yeah, fine. they're like totally different. Um, I don't know if maybe it's that, like, they're growing in power, so maybe they're just stronger now. Um, mm-hmm. But Bakshi was like, hey, remember that? Remember how we animated them earlier? Forget Not that. doing that anymore. <laughs> doing something else. We're going to try out a, a new method. Forget everything you know about Nazgul. Like, if yeah. you know that Mitch Hedberg joke. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the battle. Frodo puts on the ring. He he does, like, stand up, you know, to fight them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he gets stabbed. With his tiny Aaron... little sword. I know. Like, and it wasn't even, like, like, a metal a dagger. sword. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it was, but it was, like, a it different like a color. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> and Aragorn's running around. He, like, you know, fends the, the Nazgul off. Um, and Aragorn's like, take the ring off, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, again, begs the question, if you were to die with the ring on... Would you and the ring just be lost forever until someone like accidentally tripped over your invisible body? I think so. I think this is a method we haven't considered and we should have. Although, I guess Peter Jackson tried to answer that question because like Isildur had the ring on when he got stabby stabbed. So and then the ring just like appeared. Well, that's that that goes into a whole other thing of like. If he has the ring on, he wasn't invisible, right? Because his hand gets chopped off, and also the ring is on the outside of his. Oh no, not Isildur. Um, what's his face? Sauron. That's right. who I'm thinking of. He has it on like the outside of his giant costume, but he's right. not invisible. Right. Like, is he invisible inside the costume? Like, <laughs> where's the yeah, Isildur? Form? Yeah, right. Anyway, um, was Isildur wearing it? In Peter Jackson's version, I don't know that yeah. we like have any. Or did he just have it with him? No, he was wearing no, it. No, he had remember, it on. He, gets, he has it he on. He puts it like, on to escaping into the, the river, orcs. and then like oh. the orcs just shoot at the river. Which how did they know? I don't know. I guess maybe yeah. the water was ripping. The water I don't know. movement. Yeah, and then like he appears once he gets shot, and then the ring like falls. Yeah. Which also, hmm. if he's in the shadow, how? Okay. Anyways, this is not deconstructing. Anyway, yeah. So that's well. just a question. That's just a question. I just like to. Like, it just pops into my head every now and then of, like, I'm going to think about this a lot. Anyway. Also, Sam says something like, can't you fix it? Or, I don't know. And he says, like, it's only a little wound. He was stabbed. Excuse <laughs> you. I know. He was like, it's but a, it's but a flesh wound, basically. I'm like, <laughs> like uh, yeah. Sam. 
And then like five minutes later, he's yelling at Aragorn like, he needs to stop. He can't go anymore. And Aragorn's like, fool, he's going to die. <laughs> we got to go. And then we hear some footsteps and we see this like flash of white and blonde. And I was like, oh my God, did they put Glorfindel in yeah. this adaptation that's so cool because i know that a lot of people that's one of the things that like book purists are like maddest about is that right. arwen replaced glorfindel in mm-hmm. that instance mm-hmm. it is neither arwen nor glorfindel it is legolas flower child legolas <laughs> and he looks like he looks like prince charming from shrek yes. too <laughs> yes <laughs> except, that is except worse. literally <laughs> exactly my my first impression i was like he looks like a disney prince yeah and like the only way that you can tell you you can't really the elves in the, in this movie are um and same with like the dwarves they're not really that distinctive from one another mm-hmm. like i wouldn't have known oh that's an elf um if i hadn't known legolas was an elf and like same with gimli so he's just like dressed in all white and just looks super clean you know <laughs> I feel like to me the elves in in this really date it. Like you can tell the life that they were like they look very seventies to me, like with their mm, hair the and hair. like just the way yeah, I'm like, okay, so this was definitely made in the seventies. Um it's just a very like later we'll get to like Galadriel. Like her hair is just so like Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. yeah. Like fair faucet. Yes, almost. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um so Legolas takes them to uh on on the way to Rivendell um the sequence at the ford <laughs> where the Nazgul are there and oh. they're trying to get fr- it goes on for so long. forever a long time which yeah. is insane because so when i f- when i first started this movie i did not know that it wasn't the complete story mm-hmm. um and so here i am you know they're they're spending like five to ten minutes on this fight between Frodo and the Nazgul at the river and I'm like we like we have to destroy a ring in this (laughs) (laughs) we have like Helm's Deep we have the Battle of Pelennor Field Mm -hmm. we have um, Denethor like we we got a lot to do why are we spending our time on this Um, and it's I mean like it's the way that the the like background and all the other characters kind of fade out and it becomes more like yeah, it's abstract. Weird. It um, spends it also spends a lot of time like like no one else is there. So it's yeah, weird because like, he's like so traveling with all these like, people and then it's just him and it's like so weird. Yeah, I'm like, are they else? not They're like just... fighting or protecting him? <laughs> right. And I think it's weird. I feel like oh, it, like maybe it was supposed to be like a stylistic animation choice because it's like the ring bearer and the Nazgul exactly, or whatever. Yeah. But so you we established before like at Weathertop like oh when he puts on the ring it is like that. So like you know where it's just the Nazgul and him. So then when you do it later, it's like, well, how's he put to me? I was like, well, how's he put on the ring? Like, why is nobody else here? I kind of interpreted that as Frodo is slowly succumbing to Mm, his wound. And so he's becoming Mm -hmm. closer to their world and is like fading out of the world of everyone else. That makes sense. So anyway, yeah, there's this long ass sequence (laughs) and the Nazgul are eventually destroyed. And then Frodo at one point, he like shakes his fist at them and is like, (laughs) you get out of here (laughs) in a way that is he's like you go back to where you came from in a way that is just it's it has like the same ferocity as like 
an 80-year-old woman mm-hmm. where it's like the animosity behind it is there, but like the threat is not. The threat is not. It's like you're not really going to be able to do much here. <laughs> I appreciate the energy though. Yeah. So he eventually passes out like 20 minutes later. <laughs> this ends. Wakes up uh, in Rivendell, of course. Gandalf is there and uh, he like kind of catches him up on what's happened. Frodo's asking all these questions. And then Gandalf is like, but the biggest problem is you haven't asked me where I've been. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I know you've been dying, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the total opposite of um, Ian McKellen Gandalf, mm-hmm. where uh, Frodo says, "Where were you, Gandalf?" And Gandalf doesn't tell him anything. Mm-hmm. And this Gandalf is like, "Excuse me, you haven't asked where I've been." <laughs> it's always Frodo, Frodo, Frodo. Nobody asks, "What about Gandalf?" Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and so he tells them, you know, all about Saruman being evil. I don't think we get the, I can't remember. I don't think we get that like backstory of like, and then the eagle came and saved me, you know. Um, we did because I remember because the animation is jarring because at first it's basically just an eagle that they did the whole like colorizing and yeah. slight animation over. Okay, this but, must have been a moment where I picked up my phone then. But then <laughs> they like switched to, Twitter. they switched to Anna and immediately switched to a fully animated eagle picking up a mini Gandalf and the animation of it all is so poorly done because like you can't yeah. rotoscope like an eagle picking up like a, a person right I presumably what if they just I mean, got what if they just like sat at a river and waited for an eagle to come by and like pick up a fish and then they're like quick animate over that that would have been Gandalf. better <laughs> because instead it becomes so cartoony like it goes from like oh this mature animation style to like okay so like Looney Tunes looking. It's a small mm. moment, but like I was like upsetting to my eyes. Yeah. I'm glad you remember that. I have zero memory of that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. The way I have just have blank, blank in my brain. And then we go into, I guess, like the room where all the elves are. And Bilbo is there. I love that, like, we see Bilbo being like still kind of like being himself and like telling stories and like entertaining the elves. Um, and then Bilbo and Frodo have a moment where Bilbo's like, now what's all this here? Like, what's all this that I hear about you causing all this fuss about that ring of mine? And it's mm-hmm. like, Bilbo, you did this. <laughs> you you helped. He almost gets punched then too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, yeah, so there's that moment where he you know, wants to reach for the ring. And I was like, oh, is he going to, like, turn into a gremlin like he does in Mm -hmm. Peter Jackson's version? And all he does is just, like, shake his hands (laughs) and, like, it looks like he's about to sneeze, but the sneeze is, like, stuck, you know? (laughs) Um, So he's just, like, standing there shaking and then is like, no, and then, like, turns away or whatever. Yeah, and Frodo has his hand up, his fist. He's like, he's ready to punch him. As soon as he gets here. Because he's like, he's like, oh, am I going to have to fight him? And then he, he, yeah, puts it down. Yeah. Yeah. He almost got molly And then Bilbo just, like, breaks down crying. And I'm like, that got really dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the Council of Elrond. Elrond is very casual here. He's just, like, laid back in his throne. He has, like, his, I think he has like his leg crossed over yeah. his other leg or mm-hmm. something. He also just looks like a regular dude. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just a like dude. He's just, he's just a also, dude. Also, he, he has dark hair, so we yeah. can't even be like, oh, well, all the elves have like white hair or blonde no. hair. He's giving, so, I don't know. This is where I noted that the elves are giving very much like ancient Romans, like the, the mm. vibe. Because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, he's giving Kaikilius. Like, he, yeah. he is 
I don't know what this is. Like, he just needs like a little bit more. And now it's a toga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Roman. That's like a really good way to describe like their aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before he even spoke, I just knew the guy with the Viking helmet was Boromir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he too had no pants on. Yes. No pants. No, I don't think any of the men <laughs> he has wear like, pants. Um, he has like a Viking. It's like a, so he has a Viking helmet and then he has like a fur like over his shoulders or something and then yeah. a belt. And then, yeah, a short, another short tunic and no pants. No the pants. thing is, though, is that that's what um, all of the men in Rankin and Bass's The Hobbit. I haven't watched Return of the King yet. That will mm-hmm. be next week. But um, they do the same thing with their men in their movies where like you get to Lake Town and all of the men just have these really short tunics and they have on like gladiator sandals and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. I don't know why they didn't. Cheaper to animate, I don't, maybe? I don't know. I don't know why they didn't give them pants. Like, yeah. I don't know what the dis- I don't know what the choice was behind Is that. Is it like when I was a kid and, like, I'd play with my Barbies, but I'd slowly lose, like, articles of clothing, and I'm like, it's fine. We can just pretend there's pants. Like, imagine yeah. the pants yourself. <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine the pants, pants yeah. <laughs> we're already, with this movie, we're already imagining a lot of other things right. to, like, fill in the gap. So, you know, what's one more thing? What's one more thing to imagine? Pants, yeah. So, yeah, the Council of Elrond proceeds pretty similar I, I mean like they definitely cut it down a lot obviously because the chapter in the book is <laughs> unhinged and mm-hmm. <laughs> 30 pages long I think and ridiculous um, but you know you get the gist of the story Boromir wants to use the ring and he's really kind of a jerk and Aragorn is like here's my sword it was broken I think Boromir explains something about having that dream of the blade that was right, broken or yeah. something yeah and Aragorn's like mm-hmm. whoa weird you mentioned that <laughs> um and Elrond is like we cannot use it we have to go to Mordor and destroy it and Bilbo's like I see everyone wants me to take it just because I started this mess <laughs> well and Gandalf is like this isn't about you anymore and he's like boy sit down <laughs> he's like no your journey is over we of course we get that sweet line again here. Um, I, you know, I will take the ring, though I do not know the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that must have been from the book. I couldn't remember because they do pull a lot of a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the lines are directly from the book, which I think goes to show that when people are complaining about adaptations not matching the book super directly, shows that maybe you don't want the book <laughs> to match the book super directly because this matches pretty well where it does, and it's not good and boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they set out from Rivendell and Elrond. Elrond. So the way he explains it is like he's like nine members of the company for the nine writers, and I'm like that makes so much sense. I can't yeah. remember if like that's how they, you know, if that if that's like what they say in the book, but like. I don't know why I never made that connection before of like, mm-hmm. oh, nine fellowship, nine writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that. Even either. though we don't see the writers again. <laughs> right. And it's funny because they just kind of like tack Mary and Pippin on at the end. They're like, oh, and they can come oh, too, that's my, to, okay, to that's round my out favorite. the nine. <laughs> So Elrond is like, for the elves, Legolas, Bala. And then he says, and Merry and Pippin will go, we will trust to friendship rather than great wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. So great. What a drag. (laughs) And that is where we are going to leave this week's episode. Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings is, I mean, he doesn't do the entirety of Lord of the Rings, but it's still a long movie and it's too long. And too traumatic, really, to discuss in one episode. So we are going to come back next week with more, unfortunately, with more of the nightmare. The nightmare returns next week. The nightmare before, this is the nightmare before Christmas, truthfully.
That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. To learn more about the network, go to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Sincerely Us. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today, we have found your new favorite podcast. Do you like all things musical theater? Or do you just like Hamilton? Then Sincerely Us is perfect for you. We take deep dives into modern musicals and teach you all that you need to know. From props and sets. To playwrights and composers. We will get you caught up on all things Broadway. We are Becca and Eenie, two best friends. Here to teach you all about the shows that we love. Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. Join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and on wbne.org. The cover is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash talking about pod. All right, I don't want to jinx us, guys, but there is a new Merry Christmas and a Pippin New Year design up on the shop and it hasn't been taken down. It's been about five days. Wherever you are, though, please knock on wood because... I would love for it to stay up. Vaishan absolutely killed it. First of all, he immediately, as soon as the first design was taken down, messaged and said, do you want me to redesign it? I'll do it for no fee. And I was also super worried about like, how do you even redesign it? It was amazing the first time and I can't even, you know, begin to imagine how it could look differently. And he came back with this really fun, festive, cute, like snow globe design. And I love it. And it's amazing. Uh, right now, it's just up in a white design that you get on different colored t-shirts or sweatshirts. Personally, I love that look when you order the white design with a green shirt or a red shirt. Super festive. But hopefully now that the design has been up for a couple days, again, knock on wood, let's hope that WB doesn't come kicking down my door and dragging me away into an unmarked white van. Uh, I'm going to work with Vaishan to get a colored version of that design up as well so you can order it with like a white crew neck. I also love that too. See, I love all of the designs. They're all great because Vaishan is amazing. So yeah, like like I said, there is a Merry Christmas and a Pippin New Year shirt up on the T Public store as of Sunday night. <laughs> whether Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning that you are listening to, whether it's still up, I don't know. But hey, that means if it's still up at the time that you're listening to this, you should probably order it because it might not be up the next day. Also, not to mention with Thanksgiving coming up, for my non-US people, you don't have Thanksgiving. That's fine. It's a made-up holiday here anyway. It's just based on a bunch of lies about white people being nice. Therefore, Black Friday and Cyber Monday are approaching, and I'm sure that Public will be having lots of sales going on, so definitely make sure to check in for that if you've been wanting to order merch, but maybe you don't have as much money to contribute to it as you want. This is probably the best weekend to do that, and also there's a good chance you will definitely get it in time to wear for the holiday season. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. You can also follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. You can join the Discord server for $3 a month. It's a wonderful place to be, especially as we are approaching the holiday season. If you're someone who doesn't enjoy the holidays as much, you can pop in there and talk to some wonderful people and get a mood boost. And if you do love the holiday season, there's lots of people who also love the holiday season. It's just a great place to be. I highly recommend it. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like... Johan, Johan, thank you so much for all of your continued support of the podcast. I very much appreciate it. Given that this is a two-parter episode, I will need to close out this week. Again, we will continue our conversation about the nightmare that is Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings next week. So to close out this week's episode, I will just say happy Thanksgiving for, for all of my U.S. listeners. 
my non-US listeners. Sorry, not no happy Thanksgiving for you. Um, and I hope that you enjoy time spent with family and friends. I know that sometimes the holidays can be rough for people. If you do not enjoy your family, just hang in there. I get it. Just, you know, put your put your hand in your pocket and clench it like you were the Arthur Clinch Fist meme incarnate uh, and just get through it. I believe in you. If you are not able to spend it with friends and family, maybe you're working or maybe you are not able to travel or maybe you have decided to take a step back from people in your life that you don't want to be around with. I respect you. I see you. And I hope that uh, you have been able to spend some time with me this week and enjoy this very strange holiday where we just gather around a table and eat a bunch of food and say what we're grateful for and thankful for and then immediately followed by going into stores and trampling people so that we can get xboxes and playstations for super duper sale and that's what i'm talking about